an anime podcast bringing you all the news you need to know from the weeby world and perhaps slightly beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Reese, and I'm joined as always by the man with a million figurines, Steve, the Save Point cosplayer. Good to be here. First almost crisp day of fall. Can't wait for some nice hot chocolate. Nice. Well, Bailey's in there. Oh, yeah, of course. It's the only nice. way to watch anime, hot chocolates and Bailey's. Nice. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it feels good outside. I'm enjoying the weather myself, but that doesn't mean I'm not reading One Piece. No, I'm still never. reading One Piece. I'm in the Summit War. We've passed Thriller Bark. We passed the bad times, as they say. We're in Summit War, and oh, oh baby, this Summer is War is the good times. Summit, 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 Summit. War. Summit. This, this is the conclusion of the first half of One Piece, and man, is it is it going good? Is it is it is it epic? It's epic, dude. We're off to save Port Gasdias from execution. Whitebeard's making his move. Navy's gonna fight Whitebeard. Luffy alone for like this entire saga. Whoa. At the end of the Saba Odi arc, all of his crew got scattered all over the place. And, and Oda has committed to Luffy on his own. He's on this quest now by himself. So Got to find purpose. We're, can't, yeah, can't, I know. Can't rely we're, on your friends at all time. Well, yeah. So it's it's all, it's a big, you know, it's, it's Luffy alone. And it's 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 epic. It's awesome. It's so good. Is he going to come back as a sage? <clears throat> no, I know they, they all link up. Later, because because I think Kuma was helping them. They all, of course, got scattered for all you One Piece fans out there by Bartholomew Kuma, one of the warlords of the sea. And it seems as though he was doing it to protect them. He kind of sent everybody to a place where they could presumably train to get stronger to face on the new world, because right now, not strong enough. They, they're going to get their asses handed to them in the new world. But I got introduced to some great characters as well. Trafalgar D. Law finally met him. You might have heard of Trafalgar. I D. have. He's a fairly popular character. Captain Kid. Captain Kid's dope. I'm into Captain Kid. That's who I'm. That's who I'm really in on right now. So yeah, it's great. It's One Piece. How's Blackbeard doing? He's one of the sea. He made it. He made it to one of the Seven Warlords. That's the whole thing. Him and Ace had this epic fight. We saw Blackbeard's black hole devil devil fruit, or just devil fruit, I suppose. But yeah, he he handed over Ace as his card to become a seven one of the seven warlords. So he took he took the slot opened when when Luffy beat Crocodile. Is there any UN regulations on all these powers? Trying to keep the peace. Oh man, whoever you just gotta eat it. <laughs> Oh God! No rules at all. You get your hands on one. It's fair game. Hands on one seems like they're just handing them out like candy. How yeah, how rare are the fruit? How rare are the fruit? I'm assuming yeah. they have to be rare. And probably I don't know. They never. Yeah. We haven't ever like seen someone find one. We always just come across people with the powers. So. <laughs> wow. Okay. Let's get this show on the road. We got a few things to talk about. Want to catch up with you, Joe. Others, other, other, other than that, I know you've been reading One Piece 
for myself, we already talked about the fall season. Uh, the fall season of anime starting soon, and the summer anime season concluding. And that also means cosplay, too. I just got some word back that my commission for Spike Spiegel has been completed. Finally. No, she takes her time. She wanted to like really make sure it was perfect. And it looks great so far. I haven't posted any pictures yet. I mean, I don't even have it in my hand. She sent me the preview pictures. That means I got to start researching how I'm going to do that crazy wig. Yeah, sure. It's going to be sure. tough because it's a very different type of hairstyle that's not traditional so i have to make sure it looks decent in real life and not dumb i'll take some liberties with it since it could be anything even like was it john cho even his hair is not like exact because it's more of interpretation because if we did it exactly the way it looks like in this show it'd look like a big wedge triangle you don't want that no 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 no, no. i'm sure you'll figure it out no and other than that Went to the Ren Fair with Callie, Alex, a bunch of other people too. Essentially, just a convention for maybe for an sure. older set. Yeah, so that's basically what sure. it is. Sure. I wasn't. I was not dressed up, but because uh, it was last minute that I attended. But damn, I wish I was actually dressed up. Would you have done the old? You always hear people like showing up in like Star Trek uniforms. I want to do that with Alex, pretending like they time travel. I want to do that with Alex. He's a coward. Doesn't want. He doesn't want to do it just yet. Keep saying maybe next year. I'm like, well, it's now this time. Yeah, I I know. Usually, if you actually do do that, uh, some of the shopkeepers like you know they put you to the side, be like, yo, I've been on an assignment like hidden for a while. They like flash a badge or something, you know. Like, I've been ingrained with these people for, like, you know, 20 years so far, and you're ruining all of my research in science. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be fun if they play along. Oh, Good yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Good people, Red and Fair workers, I find. Well, that's that. Let's get started. I'm sure we'll, well, yeah, we'll get into all the fall shows that are coming coming down the pipeline. But before that, I guess we have a, a few items on the news on the Weeb Week that was that we should <clears throat> perhaps talk about. So number one, kind of relevant to the fall that we're about to talk about, Ufotable founder Hikaru Kondo admits to evading 138 million yen in taxes. I think we talked a little bit about this a couple weeks back. He pled but guilty, he had, essentially. Yeah, now he's now he's he's on the docket. <laughs> this comes from Rafael Antonio Pineda from Anime News Network. Yeah, anime studio Ufotable's founder admitted to the charge of violating the Corporation Tax Act and Consumption Act by failing to pay 138 million yen in taxes at a preliminary hearing by the Tokyo District Court on Friday. During that same hearing, Kondo issued an apology, admitting that he thought his tax evasion would not bring trouble to Ufotable. The prosecution <laughs> said in its opening statement that Ufotable and Kondo hid part of the income from the company's cafes and merchandise from 2015 to 2018 in order to buff it against future downturns in business. The studio allegedly hit about 441 million yen in income. After the formal indictment of Kondo and Ufotable, Ufotable acknowledged the indictment and said, hey, the company has already filed a corrected tax return and paid the appropriate amount. So, yeah, Ufotable owes some money to the government. Kondo hit about, I guess, like it says, like 30% of the proceeds from from one of these anime themed restaurants 
in a private safe in his home. <laughs> just in, in, in stacks of ones, essentially. <laughs> feels like this... Sh- I'm not saying that it should in terms of, like, right or wrong. I'm saying that just in terms of that amount of money being owed, it feels like that should, like, bankrupt Ufotable. How much money does Ufotable have? I hope they're okay. They can probably write it off. I mean, typically these things... They're probably- <laughs> You can't, not you write can't it write off. off. Not, not you write, can't write off. off tax evasion. No, as I don't a mean it like that. Write-off. I mean you can you can you can borrow against it. You can borrow against uh, okay. it. And, and, okay. and, I mean okay. they're going to be they'll be a little in the black. But I like how he issued an apology saying he thought his tax evasion would not bring trouble to you. Foldable. That's not the point, Kondo. <laughs> I mean you would bring trouble to the Japanese government, not bring trouble. It's like well you know I thought though foldable be fine, so it's okay. It's like well. We found out oh, eventually. I'm sure it's 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 the honor thing. I'm sure it's just one small part of his statement, and I'm sure there's just one piece of the pie where it's like you you gotta you gotta apologize to every wronged party, and you know, many many innocent people. I am sure at Ufotable yeah, that he was he was apologizing to. Listen, they're just gonna split some stock, make it higher, be able to be able to give this money back. Looking at it, what was it? It was about uh, four million in U.S. dollars. I mean, I mean, how much did Demon Slayer make? Could they be able to cover that? That's true. That's a they'd good point. Big, they, that's true. They made some money. Demon Slayer profits. Well, I think they'd be fine. I mean, still, they gotta put that on the books. But oh yeah, so Sony. Let's see, Sony. Okay, that's Sony's profit. What what's Ufotable's cut? Because it doesn't make any sense. So. Uh, I don't know. Looks like from May second, it grows six point four million. But that was from May second, twenty twenty one. Oh yeah, and north of four hundred fifty million globally, they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be just damn fine. Can't hide from the Japanese government. You're gonna get. They're gonna get that money. Damn straight. Next story, which I definitely want to talk about, was. Sword Art Online Progressive's film trailer debuted and also talks highlights uh, Lisa's new song. Of course she's doing she's of course she's doing the opening or whatever the theme of this uh, movie. And we see basically Asuna and Mito's relationship. Very interested to see this. So to go a little bit more into detail, the official website for the Sword Art Online movie Progressive. Uh, Ari of a Starless Night, always weird names, uh, began filming, streaming a new trailer for the film last Thursday at UK from Lisa, who's doing the main theme song. It does highlight a new character, Mito, uh, where we see Asuna's real-life friend, uh, Misume, who is the one who invites Asuna to play the Sword Art Online game. And eventually uh, gets trapped in it. And it just shows the beginning of the entire saga from Asuna's eyes. And it will be opening August, oh, I'm sorry, not August, October 30th in Japan. And I'm hoping it's released in the United States soon afterwards. Joe, I'm very excited about this movie, especially after this trailer. Yeah, hell yeah. I can't wait to see this movie. I almost don't even need to see a trailer. I, I feel like most people don't need to, need to see a trailer. You either know that you want to see a Sword Art Online movie or you don't want to see a Sword Art Online movie. And I'm in. I'm, Sword Art, on this point, I'll say it now, can do no wrong. Can do no wrong at this point. I, so I'm telling you right now, this can't be a spoiler. Mito, she's not surviving this movie. 
Well, obviously not. She's, not, she's never, never mentioned heard again. Of her. Never mentioned in the in the original story. She's not living to the end of this movie. Yeah, she's the one who's <sighs> like seems to be the one who gets Asuna to actually, you know, play this game. I mean, it looks like she's been playing like gotcha. Asuna's been playing like gotcha games on her like iPhone essentially, and you know me. Uh, her friend's like, hey, you need to take a break sometimes. Why don't you try this new game code? Start online with me. And she's like completely a novice, doesn't know anything that's happening. Obviously, she's going to have to learn real fast about that. And it seems that Mito is more of a, probably a beater, a pro player, just like Kirito. Kirito's in this trailer too. We will see him, but he doesn't have his black jacket yet. He still has his like blue, his like beginner garb. Uh, so really interesting going back to basics not really messing with any magic at all just pure combat skill we'll have to see it joe opening night whenever that is just like demon slayer definitely the last finals oh go go away you want to i put it on here joe ghost in the shell ghost in the shell the producer of Ghost in the Shell confirms how much the 1995 anime film cost to make. This comes from Daryl Harding from Crunchyroll. Mamoru Oshii's highly influential 1995 anime film Ghost in the Shell not only inspired anime going forward, but also Hollywood directors who still cite the film as one of the greatest of all time. But one aspect of the production of the film has been contested since its release, including on its own Japanese VHS cover. How much did it cost to make? Luckily, a producer on the film went to Twitter to confirm the budget of the seminal film. During a Twitter discussion on the budget of Ghost in the Shell between Japanese university professor Renato Rivera Resca and translator Ehoba, producer of the original film, producer Shigeru Watanabe jumped to confirm that the anime film had a budget of 330 million yen, that's about 3 million bucks, in 1995. This is in direct contrast to the Japanese VHS box art for Ghost in the Shell, which claimed a 600 million yen budget, though this number likely refers to the production, advertising, and other associated costs to make it look like the film cost more to make than it actually did. This was just after the bubble economy burst. Of course, when Japan was like all glitz and glamour in the 80s and then the 90s. Please. Took a, took a harsh downturn. I was going to say, please play Yakuza 0 for a historical. I know, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. If you want to know more about that, there's a 60 hour video game out there waiting for you that'll give you a deep dive on Tokyo in the 80s. So, Joe, I put this story on here because I thought 3 million seemed to be pretty low for such, for such a movie. And I went ahead and did some research on comparable anime movies and how much they cost. Because I don't know if we ever talked about this before. Uh, So I have, like, a few here that I guess you could take a guess how much they are. Would you be surprised, though, if I told you, on average, Studio Ghibli movies cost the most to make? Makes sense. Makes Makes sense. What do you think is the most expensive anime movie? Ever made? Uh, Yeah. Is Is it Studio Ghibli? It is Studio Ghibli. Okay, I'm gonna say I feel like I feel like Spirited Away has a lot of colors in it. <laughs> uh, it is number seventeen, Spirited Away. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's not that one. Princess Mononoke. Mononoke is I think actually lower. Yeah, Whoa. no, some of the more recent ones oh. are actually more expensive. Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle. You're getting closer. 
That one cost, for reference, $24 million uh, to make. And that is at number 10. Uh, I guess Christian Bale, you know, he doesn't come cheap. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't know. Is it a non-Miyazaki one? So at number five, we have The Wind Rises. That cost $31 million. Then Ponyo is at $34 million. But number one, which I... Tales from Earthsea. Tell me it's Tales from Earthsea. It is not. Damn it. It is The Tale of Princess Kaguya. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was a very distinct art style too the, that's the reason why because there was no it was literally all hand-drawn yeah the whole thing yeah. so that's yeah. why it cost uh that much to make um <laughs> other non-studio ghibli movies that stood out to me now i don't know pokemon the movie did you, did you count that the first movie as anime not really i don't know yeah what are you talking I guess about so Maybe it's just so so. Maybe it's just what? a different style. It is. It is. Is Pokemon an anime? Yes. It yes. Is. Yes, it is. Maybe it's because it's just so like clean cut. Uh that's thirty million dollars. That's at number seven. Um, going down. I've seen Steam Boy. That's at six, uh, twenty-six million. But as we go down here, yeah, you have uh, Tales from uh, Earthsea. That's at number sixteen. Akira. Akira cost five million dollars to make. Makes sense. Metropolis, Madhouse. Oh, says, I love that movie. It's about, fi- movie. Fi- about 15 million. I did see that movie. That was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and if you just go down, you know, it's in this corner of the world, which you saw recently, that's about 3.7 million. Nausicaa, $2 million. So wanted to like just get like a baseline of how much it was going to cost. <laughs> and then I, I pulled up my personal favorite B-movie, American animation, how much that's cost, and that cost $150 million to make. That that that, that gemstone right there with, Jer- with Jerry Seinfeld producing that one. Did you know that? I think he voices the beat. <laughs> yes, he me. does. <laughs> Why? Oh, God. That, yeah, it's about $150 million, so not even coming close. So I'm not saying that anime is cheap because it takes a lot of work to do. And this is more money I'll ever see in my life. But just comparatively to American animation, not that much. Treasure Planet apparently cost Disney $140 million to make. <laughs> Damn. Treasure- <laughs> I mean, that was ahead of its time. That it, movie was ahead of its was time. It was great, but I think that was a – that was a yeah, that only made $100 million in the <laughs> box office. So that, <laughs> they didn't see, they, 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 they didn't see that return that. back. No way. Sorry, Disney. Maybe we should go back to some regular uh, animation. But – just very curious to see Ghost in the Shell, three million bucks. Indeed, indeed. But that's the past, Steve. Let's talk about the future. Oh yeah. Fall twenty twenty one anime is coming. You have some shows you want to see. Oh yeah, I know. I, I probably shows we both want to see. I do have live chart on here, which I've used in the past. That gives like a good synopsis and. Uh, list of all of the anime coming down now the link i had is essentially hiding all the ongoing shows for example one piece that, that's gonna continue on forever we don't we don't there's not even seasons it just keeps going it never ends so these are all either new seasons of shows or just new shows entirely and soon we'll be talking about the end of summer 
2021, and I guess the anime I saw, but for fall 2021, I got some interesting stuff on here. First one, probably the one on everyone's radar, of course, Demon Slayer Season 2. That'll be coming out in the fall. We don't have an exact date yet, but that is confirmed for the fall. What else is there to say about this, Joe, other than everyone's going to be watching it? Yeah, I'll actually have to keep up with this one. <laughs> yeah. You have to. You could read the manga. You could. You could oh, always read the manga. God, I could just read the manga. No, come on. You can't. You can't. You gotta. You gotta see what Photobol's cooking up. It's gonna be gorgeous. It's gonna be beautiful. This poster looks beautiful. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited as hell. Again, having re- just recently rewatched Mugen Train, I'm I'm hyped. I'm ready for more Demon Slayer. Give me more of this. Yeah, I mean, I I did watch it pretty late because I had to get all prepared and ready for the Demon Slayer movie. Got through, man, so much in, I don't know, like a few days. I was I was watching the uh, episode like 26, whatever the last episode was, like the day right before. Just crushing it through. But I've enjoyed it. Still, Z- yeah, probably, Zanetsu I'm, can still uh, die in a fire, though. <laughs> sure. I mean, I'll probably be I'll probably be quite frank. There are some other shows I can talk about being interested in from this list, but I, I'll be perfectly honest. Demon Slayer is probably the only one that I'm actually going to watch. <laughs> You'll be our Demon Slayer reporter. Someone has to do it. Yeah, that's the only one I can I can hardline commit to right now. <laughs> the next one up uh, that uh, my list is the second season of 86. I've really enjoyed this show. I'm surprised that season two is coming out so fast. I'm assuming it was done concurrently with uh season one uh going through there'll be light spoilers joe because i don't think we're gonna finish the show right never even started okay well it is one of those things of course that we find out that like the 86 this district i mean essentially they're never meant to survive we know that they're running out of people even in this district to send to the autonomous uh battlefield and you know they've they're sent on a, a, a basically an impossible mission where they're meant to die because they're i guess they're learning a little bit too much about the world and they're going on a very long scouting mission out there and it's, it's very interesting again like i mentioned before like horizon zero dawn wondering if there's like even other nations out there that have survived this robot apocalypse or not and I feel like our 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 main character is going to rebel against all of the, you know, uh, the the people that she's been the the republic that she's been representing essentially. Um, this would be Lena, yeah. And looking at that too, I really want to see how this plays out. I think it's great animation, of course. And yeah, it's great show. Can't wait for season two. See how it fin- finishes. A one pictures can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. The next one I also want to talk before we go to other ones is: Have you seen this isekai, which I am not going to watch? The Senkai I'm to Psycho. Find it. I'm trying to find it on this list, right? Oh, there we go. I found it. Got to it. Got to it. When a great assassin is reborn in another world, he finds himself the heir of a long line of killers from the shadows. With both his modern day knowledge and experience of special magic techniques, he could become the world's most unstoppable assassin in history. Come on, this is this is cheating, right? So he's an assassin. 
who gets reborn as an assassin. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. And apparently he's really good at a job. Like, of course he is. <sighs> he just has magic, I guess. We already is an assassin. So you're not you're not gonna watch that show? No, I can't. Well, I'm surprised another show didn't make your list. Oh, I- how look above Senpai, whatever, blah blah. This Komisan wa Komiyoshu Desu. How is this not on your list, Steve? Socially anxious high school student Shoko Komi's greatest dream is to make some friends, but everyone at school mistakes her crippling social anxiety for cool reserve. With the whole student body keeping its distance and Komi unable to utter a single word, friendship might be forever beyond her reach. That's a Steve show right Yeah, uh, Komi-san can't communicate. That's what uh, that means. Uh, Oh, I've heard of that. You've heard of that, yeah. I have heard of that. I believe Netflix actually purchased this show. Yeah, yeah, streams weekly on Netflix beginning uh, on October 7th, outside of Japan October 21st. And I believe, Joe, I have to look this up. I remember passing it. This may be the first show that Netflix finally caved and actually an anime releasing weekly in uh, the United States. Oh. Yeah. I know they, they typically wait through and release them all in batches, but I'm like, I, I'm not sure every show can do that. Be no. kind of weird. So Komi-san can't communicate. I it is on my radar to do. I, I've, I'm being honest. I've been behind a little anime. I'm actually about two or three episodes behind each of my shows. Not that bad. Just takes like a night for each show to get through. And I don't want to over uh, commit myself, but I've definitely have this one on my radar. If, for example, another show falls out, such as. The one I already have down here, my other dumb slice of life stuff. Uh, Senpai ga Urusa Kohai no Hanashi. Uh, Igarashi is a hardworking young office lady. Uh, Takeda, the senpai above her at work, annoys her constantly, and yet she finds herself growing ever closer to him. Every day is filled with comic mishaps and romantic moments. With when Igarashi tries to balance work, life, and love. This is exactly a type of show that I probably will watch, but there's only one uh, I'm going to find out. That is the most basic description I've ever heard. Listen, and I eat it up all the time. All right. All the time. More power to you. More power to you. There's a few other shows that are on my radar job. Will you have a next one up? Sure. I mean, there are a couple in here that are. I'm, I'm intrigued. It's on here. I don't even know if this really counts. Because I don't even know if this is. I guess it is Japanese first, and then being 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 imported over here. We've got the Blade Runner anime, yes, coming. I believe to Netflix. I I would be very interested to check that out. I I might very well give that a shot. I'm a big Blade Runner fan. Yeah, we talked about that. I liked I like the animation style. I like the the basics of the story. I just think the music choice was a little bad. Sure, sure. A little too poppy. A little too poppy. Sure. And then, of course, we got Muv Love Alternative. There was a whole episode about that a few weeks back. Oh. Literally an entire episode about that. All, we only talked about Muv Love. That's right. Wasn't it like Muv based Love. on something that was like not Mecca? And we got some. Well, it's based on well, it's based on a visual novel, and this is like the third route of the novel. <laughs> yeah, when where, everything where goes the first, crazy. the first two are like slice of life, and then this one is like Mech parallel dimension. Yeah, Muv Love, baby, Muv Love. <laughs> I have the one where I'm calling it, Joe. Where it's gotta be, it's gotta be the skate one. Now we actually have talked about this show before, and I I have seen the trailer, and it looks as bonkers as what the 
uh, subscription is uh, uh, Take uh, Op Destiny, like Opus Magnum or something like that. Me by Mappa and Madhouse. Remember, this is the collaboration show we talked about. When the world is completely changed when struck by black by a black meteorite, which produces grotesque monsters called the D2 that have overrun the land and its people. The D2 very quickly ban all music, which is one thing, which is the one thing able to overcome them. But there are people who resist the D2. They are young women who hold the power of music, called the music arts, with the guidance of a conductor. These young women use the greatest music scores in human history to defeat monsters. How how could this be bad, Joe? That sounds pretty wild. By me, Mappa and Madhouse putting this together. I've seen the trailer. It looks crazy. I'm not going to commit to it because I just don't know if I will, but it sounds great. <laughs> sounds bonkers. Love a show like that. One show I think you actually may like is uh, Miruku-chan. I've seen also um, a little bit more about this. The normal girl who was living a normal life until it wasn't. One day, she could see everything. What's a girl to do when hideous monsters appear no matter where she turns? On top of that, no one else can see them. However, there's only that's only one thing that makes them sense ignore them. Kind of hard to put in theory and practice when ghosts know that she's watching. This- yeah, I mean, I, the description sounds intriguing. I don't know. I read that, and I'm just like... Where's Mob Psycho season three? You know what I mean? It's like, why is this happening? Just give me Mob Psycho season three. Are they the same people who made it? No. Passone? No, 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 no. Nothing, nothing linking them together. But I just read that about a person who can, a kid who can see ghosts. I'm just like, they, nah. they made Citrus. Give me more. Oh, I like Citrus. <laughs> I like citrus. Um, no, just give me more Mob Psycho, please. Okay. Please and thank you. Let's see. Going down here, I did was interested to see. I probably would give it a three episode test. The uh, Saihate uh, no Paladin. This is the boy. It's not an isekai. It does take place in a fantasy world where he, uh, our main character, is one of the last who uh, survives after a catastrophe that happens in a city. Um, Three undead, like basically witches, raise him to become a paladin. Essentially, could be good. I probably will give it a three episode test. Children's Playground Entertainment. What an interesting studio name, too. I'll probably give a three episode test to One Eighty Bu De Kimi No Mimi Wo Shiawase Ni Dekiroka. Anime, which lets viewers experience various forms of ASMR in 187. I've heard this. In the story, the heroine challenges her classmates to share in her hobby of recording ASMR works. Yeah, I'll probably watch that. Three minutes ASMR anime. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna review all the three minute animes. What was that? What was that other one? Like next door or something? One room. One One room. room. Where's the one room season four? Yeah, no lie. What a weird show. Well, we know what it's for, but. Yeah, it's great that. watching while we were for. drunk. <laughs> the last one I'll bring up. Last one I'll bring up. We talked about Tacked Up, but I think there's something on this list that beats Tacked Up, Steve. Okay, what's up? 
Look at, look at Mute King the Dancing Hero. Mute King the Dancing Hero. Let me see. Set, set in a city modeled after San Francisco in the 1980s. The protagonist, has transformed, the protagonist has transformed into the hero Mute King and is fighting against evil aliens for some reason. Such a cheerful hero will return. Sci-fi hero love comedy Mute King the Dancing Hero singing and dancing with pop music. Th- that's all you need Come to Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, San Francisco in the 1980s. You got 80s pop music and it's fighting against evil aliens for some reason. No reason in In the title. For some reason. I know, it's great. I love it. That's great. That sounds awesome. It's like, listen, we we gotta. Let's see. That's a a confident confident description right there. They did Psychopass season two. Love it. And what? What? And also helped with Neon Genesis. Evangelion, the original. So yeah, Love it. they'll they'll, Love they'll it. be good. Uh, that's Tatsunoko production. They'll be crazy. The last one I have, of course, Lupin the Third Part Six. I talked about it in the last season. Very excited. Lupin going up against Sherlock Holmes, set in London. Nothing else more to say. It's gonna be fantastic. There we go. It's gonna be a busy fall for you. <laughs> How far do you think you're gonna get in One Piece? Like, do you think you're gonna be two, like, like uh, two thirds done by then? By the end of the year? Yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. I could, I could see myself being in the like seven or eight hundreds by the end of the year. I'm on chapter like five twenty something. Okay. We're clipping. We're clipping. You still enjoying it more than the anime? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm loving that I can that I can get through it so quick. I, it was actually on twitter too that i think it was like a 10 year anniversary or something that when luffy defeated crocodile i was about to send it to you <sighs> that was a good fight yeah right he, wait, he used the blood or something to like get yeah he uses his blood to lubricate himself so he can fight sand crocodile <laughs> well I, this is not gonna be the last time we're talking about full anime 2021 because eventually we'll have to watch shows and let you all know what we're thinking about the sampling of the buffet that we're going to be doing. But that, of course, brings us to the Wheel of Fate. Oh, yeah. Wheel of Fate, which is our reoccurring topic where we've been told there's no good place to start Fate. So we have been watching every single episode, movie, and spinoff out of order and talking it out for your amusement. And for this week... We had one of the finale episodes of Prisma Ilia, the penultimate episode, episode 11, You Are Not Alone. Now, Joe, did you do your homework? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll go first. A lot of fighting, a lot of interesting things happening, a lot of stakes, which I'm assuming are happening, but this episode does not... uh, go well with watching it completely out of context other than i know it's the final fight god no thank god we know why miyu's brother looks like demia (laughs) oh god so i watched this with uh, chrissy last night too and i love how every did you catch like everyone's calling shiro like onisan like almost everyone i'm like wait a second (laughs) it's because they're all yeah, well, in, in remember in Ilya, Amia is Ilya's brother and is also Archer's brother and is also Miu's brother from a parallel dimension. 
I can't, I can't keep track of this. I only know it's me, you. But yeah, just to recap what this show is. Of course, this this entire segment's always spoilers. We have, you know, Shiro be using his trace on ability, and you know, I guess you could say stepping into the ring. Typically throughout Prism Ilya, we haven't seen Shiro actually go into combat. It's mostly focused on Ilya and Miu and her friends. So I'm guessing, like, you know, it's older brother's turn to get in there and rough it up. They're up against uh, Angelica, one of the hero and uh, some other hero spirits, and I think someone like uh, Gilgamesh. I understand that there are different cards that multiple people can inhabit different spirits. So someone who has the power of the Gilgamesh guard, summoning all the weapons. Yeah, and just trying to fight Gilgamesh once again, which seems to be a reoccurring main villain at all of these shows. Yeah, they're all just playing playing the same song, just with a little bit of a different... It's all jazz, Steve. Fate's just jazz, man. It's all the same song. We're just playing different, different versions. We got Julian in there, too, which is... Is wait yeah Julian yeah I'm trying to remember my fate stuff he is in the actual original show right but he's not actually no. the main villain no I don't think so okay I thought we've seen him before he's essentially he's in the movie he's in the Prisma Ilium movie oh yeah does he like turn evil he's real the fast bad guy. He turns, he's the bad guy he turns evil real fast yeah he's the bad guy yeah it's like, I think he's the bad guy of like the entire larger Prisma Ilia story he's essentially Shinji Though we do see yeah, Shinji yeah. in 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 the Prism Alien oh, movie, yeah. Hell, crazy. Yeah, Hell yeah, we do. Hell yeah, we do. He's <laughs> a little crazy right there. Oh god, I can't, I can't watch that movie again. Uh yeah, Miu using the Archer card, um, and then you know she uh, gets possessed. Gilgamesh retrieves her from her body. We know that Ilya it ends with a cliffhanger with Ilya using her all-out attack against Julian and. That's where it ends. We know we're getting a movie too, but I guess you know the twelfth episode will wrap this all up, and then we'll see what the movie is. Well, I'm looking at the uh, Wikipedia right now mm-hmm. of like the episode descriptions. I see the one for episode twelve. All I see at the end is in parentheses: "Final episode story will be continued in forthcoming movie." So, assumedly, it doesn't end. It just it doesn't end. There's the movie. There's always another villain. There's always another fate <sighs> that awaits fate. you. There's always more fate. Not not a good place to start fate at all. I guess if you want a no. spectacle of fighting, but you won't know what any of the stakes are. No. 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 Also, everyone always has dumb wishes, too. I'm going to say that. Everyone's, like, wishing for humanity salvation. What are you doing? Stop it. What the hell are you talking about? Stop it. Stop being a goody two-shoes. Wish, wish for, like, unlimited chocolate or something for yourself. Come on. This is your unlimited one chance. Wishes? Unlimited wishes. Unlimited wishes, too. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure... Uh, god i'm sure someone's tried to do that in the past it won't work though that we know of that we know of yeah well with that the shit this episode was it was okay but again can't be fate zero or limited blade works under you foldable so i'm gonna go back to the wheel of fate as we just churn through all of these episodes and shows look at my giant uh excel sheet what we got here so let's see what we're gonna get wheel of fate 
turn, turn, turn. Let us know the episode we're going to be enduring this time. What is number... What is number 10? Fate Apocrypha, once again. You like Fate Apocrypha, Joe. I'm going to mark this down. Do I? Do you? I like it. I liked it. I, I actually like... liked the last episode we saw. I don't like anything about it. You don't like any? Well, I know. No, I don't know anything about well, it. Well, hopefully we get something that rolls in the beginning, okay? So let me just pull this one up. we got 25 episodes, which is not bold well for our chances. <gasps> But, Joe, we are seeing episode two. Episode two cool. of Fate Apocrypha. Maybe cool. you'll actually know what's happening. Maybe, you know, you're coming home. You never watched anime before. One of your best friends is like, yo, Joe, I've been watching this series. I'm not showing you episode one because I don't have time to rewatch it. We're going to episode two, the appearance of the saints. We got some Jean John de Arc in here. You play Faco. You know who she is. I love her. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of other, I don't know, Latin names I'm seeing on here. This is way too big and text heavy, but that's why we're going to watch it for you to talk about it next week. Fantastic. But that brings us, of course, to our ever-rotating lists of the waifu watching the Best Boy Bulletin, where every week one of us brings someone for the other's perusal, and we try to place them into these definitive lists of rankings right, of characters. I believe I brought a girl for us today, Steve. You did bring a girl. Okay. All right, good. Good. So yep. someone for the waifu watch. Of course, you'll remember last time I brought someone for the waifu watch. Didn't go over very well. It was, of course, Eureka Funata from Gibiate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she's at number Never 32, forget. still above Kathleen. From she 30. beat her own daughter. <laughs> beat her own daughter, Kathleen. <laughs> I brought someone I think is going to make a push. Okay. I brought someone last on the best boy belt in that push for Pushing for number one. Pushing for number one. Pushing for number one. Although I don't think you're going to know who this character is because you definitely haven't watched this show. I def So I have to rank someone as number <laughs> one, possibly, that I don't know. So obviously it's a show that you love. <laughs> oh, it's a show that I love. Is it from One Piece or Tokyo Ghoul? No, come on. No, we haven't done any of the ladies from Tokyo Ghoul yet. We can make a good, some good cases there. No, 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 no. No, it's actually from your favorite genre, Steve. This is from A Slice of Life that I adore. Ooh, boy. I've seen almost every slice of life. Well, you haven't seen this one. <laughs> so with that said, we come with Rui Tachibana. Tachibana. An aloof, an aloof and blunt girl who's hard to read emotionally at first. Her standoffish personality makes it difficult for her to socialize. The first time she appears in the story, she doesn't do much but interact with others. Once someone sees through her initially cold demeanor, she's actually a very kind and loving girl. In spite of this, it is hard at the beginning for her to express her feelings towards people she genuinely liked. She's very supportive of people she cares about in spite of her flaws, and even if their desires conflict with her own. Hint, hint. Rui has a tendency to pout when things don't go her way, though our main character, Natsuo, finds this quirk of hers adorable. Rui is also surprisingly easy to embarrass in spite of her stoic personality. 
When Natsuo find, lists all of her behaviors he finds cute, especially to other people in front of her, she becomes overwhelmingly flustered. Take note that this is also the show where there is a scene where he has to put a pill up her ass. <laughs> During the story progression, what are those called? What's it called? A prophylactic, right? Is that prophylactic? I, I don't want to put medicine. I don't want to ask you what the context is at all. She's sick and she has to take it up her ass. She has There's, to take the pill. That's What's the only way. Medicine up ass. A, a suppository. Sorry, suppository. That's yeah, like she has a, to take a suppository because she's sick. Like a fucking horse Jesus, pill or something. Put Jesus Christ, okay. Steve. This is, it's a normal human body thing. That's a normal a, medicine Not for thing. like a high school student to do to another normal, high school student. That's a normal thing. Couldn't go to a doctor. No way. Medical bills too much. She, was, she had a fever. During the story progression, Rui goes through a lot of change. Throughout the story, she opens up to people around her, becoming more emotionally expressive and more social, and she realizes her own ambition to become a chef and begins to reach towards that dream. Joe, I know. Have you, have you looked up Rui? Tatsuo? Yes, yes. This is from Domestic Girlfriend. Yeah. Domestic girlfriend. Give us the synopsis of this show. So Rui is one of our two female protagonists of Domestic Girlfriend. Of course, Domestic Girlfriend revolves around our boy Natsuo, has a huge crush on his teacher, Hina. Goes off on a party. His friends are all like, wow, you're not, this is never going to happen. That's never going to happen, you and your teacher. Hint, hint. But he goes to a party. He goes to a mixer with his friends, and there's a girl there named Rui. Girl. And Rui, yeah, on, on their first meeting, Rui says, do you want to come and have sex with me? She just wants to, like, get it over with. She chooses Natsuo and is just like, hey, come have sex. And so they do. Literally, the beginning of the show is them having sex. And he goes back. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't think he's ever going to see this girl ever again. Little does he know his dad is getting married to another woman, and that woman is coming over to live with them now, and she's bringing along the daughters that live with her. The sisters, Hina, Natsuo's teacher, and Rui, the girl that he just had sex with. Wacky shenanigans happen and and pill suppositories. He does put a suppository up Rui's booty, and he does succeed in having sex with Hina. The teacher? Yeah. <laughs> she gets fired for it. Good. Good. <laughs> uh, Joe, so this is one of those things where it's like that forbidden love, which is kind of weird. It's like they're, they're not. Yeah, they're step siblings. They're step siblings. I mean, I find it. I mean, I actually, I should watch this show. I find it uh, interesting that the father's doesn't like. Tell, I mean, you would think if it's your weird. dad is go, is like going to marry someone that you would have known that it's yeah, not that's the first a, time. See, you know what I mean? Zero inkling, zero inkling until they're already married. Oh, they're already married. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. <laughs> man. This has forbidden love. Japan's just good at doing that. Yeah, so they're step siblings, and he's been with both sisters. Yikes! Wait, wait. The, the, one of the sisters is the teacher, and the younger sister. Yes. Okay. How? Is how what is the age difference? Um, I don't know. So sixteen at the beginning for Rui because she's still in high school. I think Hina's supposed to be kind of like the young, attractive teacher. Twenty three. Twenty three. So it's a sixteen year old to twenty three year old. <laughs> well, maybe. No, let's look at Natsuo. Let's not. Let's not pass judgment until we know what Natsuo's. Uh, 16, 16 at the beginning, 16. Okay. 
And you want to put this girl at number one. I think Rui is the greatest, single greatest female character I've ever seen. No, 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 of course not. That was a total joke. But I do like this character. I think she's strong. I, I, the reason I like Domestic Girlfriend is beyond the absolutely ridiculous premise. There is a lot of heart to this show, and there is, there is a surprising amount of depth to these characters. Rui definitely starts out as your, you know, typical sort of tsundere in, in terms of not showing much emotion, but having a softer side underneath. But we really, we do get to see her evolve over this. She doesn't just stay in that static place. Uh, we do, we do, I would, I would, I would almost, I would almost kind of liken it a little bit to Nino from Quintessential Quintuplets in terms of, again, breaking down those walls and seeing real growth. From this person I think I think she accomplishes that Rui accomplishes that not that I would rate her as high as Nino I definitely like Nino more than Rui but again similar sort of like character arcs and amounts of growth who can go above who could go above Nino actually we actually do have a people who went above. six people yeah six, six, six people exactly went, went above it <sighs> okay so we have a character who is put into an awkward situation. I'm assuming she feels an, uh, an awkward situation too, right? Oh, definitely. 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 Okay. And she has to manage and deal with this curveball that she's been thrown. How does she handle it? Well, she handles it pretty well, especially when Natsuo and Hina just straight up start dating. She, you know, she takes it hard, but she basically says fine well like fine if that's what you want then go do it she's pissed off at him but she is she is like i'm gonna go live my life how does our character change from the first episode to the 12th episode Rui, i mean again it's that idea it's similar to similar to nino where it's just like Rui. she starts out very very holding everything in and we do see her open up quite a bit more by the time the we reach our conclusion okay so not above nino no 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 Above Mikasa Ackerman. Oh, oh, it's an interesting place, an interesting position. Above, no, I'm asking you. I'm not endorsing it. Is that what you? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm putting putting some uh, some stakes in the ground to see where some characters are. So, for everyone's reference, uh, Nino, the love of our lives, at number seven for quintessential quintuplets. And we have Mikasa from Attack on Titan number fourteen. Uh no, not above, not above Mikasa. Mikasa's too iconic. Too iconic. Then my next one, I'm probably gonna say is, I'm getting a little Kana vibes here. Kana twenty three. Oh, whoa. Above Kana. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, she's better than Kana for sure. Better than Kana. Okay. But let's. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Let's. Let's Huh, one second. Whatever one it is, second. I'm I'm asking you to put it down one level next level. Let's go. Hold on. Give me one second. Give me one second. Give me one second. So, for everyone to recap, with the area where we're kind of looking is in the middle area. So at number 10, we have Colin from Code Geass. Number 11 is Risa from Fullmetal Alchemist. 12, Sinan from Sword Art Online. Number 13, we have Homura from Puella Magica Madoka. Or 14 is Mikasa, as we mentioned before. 
15 is Miku from Quintessential Quintuplets. We got Winry at number 16, uh, Vivi Nefertari, number 17. Hinata from Naruto, number 18. Ichika from also Quintessential Quintuplets is number 19. Kagome from Inuyasha, 21. And Itsuki from also Quintessential Quintuplets, when we had a special on all those girls. Number 22, leaving us a Kana from Parasite, number 23. Um, Yeah, I'm cool putting her under Itsuki above Kana. Above? Wait, say that one again? One more time? Below Itsuki, above Kana. Yeah, I love Itsuki. Yeah, we can't. We can't do her like that. No. We can't do her like I that. I think that's a good placement. Which slots are in it, it looks like. It looks like 2021-22, actually. There's a missing 20, Steve. There's a missing There's no 20. 20. Yes, There's no number 20. That's running. That is right. Listen, I'm doing this on the fly. This is a free service, okay? So number 22, is I spell that name right, name right? Yes. Rui Tachibana from Domestic Girlfriend, number 22. Give us a season two. How, Give us how a does it end? Two. Uh, the show or the manga? Good question. Hmm. The show Give me the ends. show. Does the show end saying, like, hey, you should really read the manga? It Basically, yeah, because it ends on Hina being fired, and then she moves away without, without like, telling anyone. She just, like, leaves. Has to get away. And Natsuo is, is heartbroken, and that's where it ends. Okay. I'm, and the and, manga goes farther. Yeah, I think the manga goes like they eventually like graduate high school and like get a, get through college and stuff. And apparently the ending's bonkers. <laughs> apparently it's it's bonkers is what I've heard. It's like Orihimo season two. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, yeah, that that does put a uh, Rui at number twenty two to finish off that 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 twenties. I suppose twenty three is Kana from Parasite. Number twenty four Haruhi from. Haruhi, number 25, Sakura from Naruto, number 26, Yotsuba from Quintessential Quintuplets, number 27, Krim from Interspecies Reviewers, number 2802 from Darling in the Franks, number 29, Shura from <laughs> She was robbed. She was robbed. But above. And number 30, Lucy from Fairy Tale. Above Lucy, though. Yeah, I mean, that's a good. Yeah. Absolutely. Who else are we adding from Fairy Tale here? I thought about bringing Erza today I just a, probably the best switch. one probably the best one no Kana's the best girl from fairy tale okay anyways that brings us to another end of another episode of Weeb Weekly other than that I suppose if you'd like to write in you can certainly do that at weebweeklypodcast.com and Steve where can people find you at you can find me at save cosplay on twitter and at save point cosplay on instagram and you can find me at Joe Reese VO on all major social media platforms. But now, of course, we come to Steve's hot take, where Steve's going to give you a nice, nice hot take with zero context and zero explanation. And that's just the end of the show. So, Steve, <laughs> without further ado, what's your hot take? We are continuing my introspective look into... Naruto and all of the forgotten plot points and things brought up throughout the entire show, which is like over 500 episodes. This time I want to go to the Akatsuki rings. So we see these 
always present when we see the Akatsuki when they're doing their secret meetings. They got some cool rings on there. I do know they have some kanji saying like, you know, uh, pain or white or the oxen. Um, and they were supposed to have a type of magical special power. Guess what? Jack shit. These rings mean nothing at all. They're never addressed again. <laughs> Once again, it is another flop point that is just sent off into the dustbin of history. Just like Kabuto and his blood boiling in the, in the shooting exams that apparently cannot get too overwhelming or will unleash the beast that never happens at all. Naruto, I love you for all your terrible faults. Thank you and good night.